What is up, loud crowd? We are here, and we are live, and we are gonna review the new Lados and the Casa Grande's episodes from last week. And my special co-host is on the line. How are you doing tonight, Ryan? I'm doing fine. It's great to be back with you. So how is your week going? Uh, everything's been going fine with me. How's the things been going with you? Uh, it's been a slow week, but, um... Let's get into this review. The first episode was Star Monitor. Uh, Ryan, why didn't you give us a summary for that episode? Okay. Uh, this episode started with uh, Lincoln being informed that the parent-teacher conferences uh, were coming up. And uh, Mrs. Johnson, Lincoln's teacher, uh, said something about... You know, uh, she said something to him that kind of made him nervous. Like, I, you know, you, you was, I, I'm especially looking forward to your, the conference with your parents. So Lincoln basically freaked out, and he thought that some something horrible was going to happen because of the way that Mrs. Johnson said it. So he decided to come up with an idea that the rest of the kids should stall for as long as possible uh, with their parents because the parent-teacher conference is uh, was were two hours long, and he figured if the rest of the kids took as much time as possible, it would be over before he, uh, Mrs. Johnson, had a uh, chance to talk to Lynn Sr. and Rita. So... That's exactly what they did. Uh, basically, all of the uh, kids, Rusty, Liam, and everyone, uh, stalled for as much as possible. But uh, something happened. Uh, what What happened was uh, Liam's Mimaw, uh who we finally get to see after him mentioning her a bunch of times, uh, brought in uh, brought in a pregnant goat who gave birth, uh, who gave birth in the classroom, and the goat ended up kicking Stella's father, so they had to take him to the hospital. So uh, Stella was not able to uh, stall her parent-teacher conference for as long as they hoped for, and Lincoln uh, ended up being the next one. So he decided, So he ended up panicking, so he came up with an idea for a diversion. Clyde was going to stall Mrs. Johnson by telling him that he had a grammar emergency, and Rusty was going to dress up as Mrs. Johnson and, and po pose as her well, talk and talk to Lynn Sr. and Rita instead. And for the most part, it went off... Uh, uh, well, until the real Mrs. Johnson came back, and Lincoln eventually admitted the whole thing was a ruse, and that he, you know, he thought they, they were going to say something bad about them, and he realized that, you know, it was the wrong thing to do, and he said, I'm willing to accept any punishment you give me, so uh, he ended up getting a week's detention, as well as being grounded, and uh, Mrs. Johnson actually said that, you know, she uh, she wasn't going to say anything bad about Lincoln. What he, she actually wanted to say was that he was uh, very creative and clever when it came to doing things, which, as she's pointed out, this whole ruse ended up proving her point, although not in the way she expected it to. Uh, this wasn't my favorite of the 
the school-based episodes. I think there were a couple of better ones uh, than this one, like uh, Be Stella My Heart and um, Tales of Woe, but this was an enjoyable episode for a number of different reasons. For one thing, I think it's ironic that some people who were dreading this episode were very much the same way Lincoln was, because, you know, Lincoln always assumes the worst of things, and, and the lesson of this episode is kind of like, you know, you shouldn't assume the worst of things, because I think when people say things, like, I think I think when in school, when our teachers say, you know, we need to talk to you, or now that we're older and work, when our bosses say things like, we need to talk to you, we immediately assume the worst, and they're, you're like, oh, did I do something wrong? And more often than not, it's that they want to, you know, compliment us, or just, you know, give us a pointer or something. It never, It doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. I think it's human nature to assume the worst, and because of that, we end up messing things up, just like Lincoln does. But uh, there was a lot to like in this episode. I like the fact that we got to see all the other kids' parents. I love the fact that uh, Zach's parents are alien conspiracy theorists, just like he is. And like I said, that we finally got to see Liam's uh, Meemaw, which was very funny. Um and I also thought it was surprising that Rusty might have actually made a better Mrs. Johnson than Mrs. Johnson <laughs> does, because um, uh, Lynn Sr. and Rita immediately took to her, and they were like, oh, oh, you're reading the same book we are, what did you think of it? And, you know... Lincoln just started reading from the book randomly and pantomiming something, but uh, Rusty got it wrong, of course. But uh, they were just like, oh, you know, that's a very interesting interpretation. We could use you in our book club. And th there was a, a joke at the end of the episode where, uh, as his punishment, Rusty had to pose as Mrs. Johnson for her yoga class. And he ended up doing, you know, being more interesting than the real Mrs. Johnson was so perhaps rusty has a career in teaching or a professional teacher impersonator either way so that's what i thought about this episode what did you what do you have to say so it, it's a it's a very common theme of uh episodes uh, that we saw uh last week uh just characters jumping to conclusions just based off uh paranoia uh lincoln uh seems to have developed a paranoia trait uh recently and um like most kids, and honestly, it just comes with the age. I mean, when your teacher says that they really need to talk to your parents, you just think about all the bad things because um, what a lot of um, you know, young people, even old people, do is that um, they take a lot of bad situations and they make um greater um greater things out of them. So he probably believed that like something he had done, probably that Miss Johns had forgotten, was gonna be a very big thing in the parent-teacher conference. But um, it was a good lesson overall. You know, like um. Just telling people and telling kids that, um, you know, jumping to conclusions is very dangerous, especially when you want to manipulate people and other, um, other situations. And, um, the episode had a pretty great ending because Ms. Johnson said that all she wanted to do was tell Lincoln's parents that he's a creative student, which she displayed. And another great thing about the episode is the world building, world, uh, building you did for the Lot House with, um, introduction to so many parent characters in the show and the episode only taking place in the school. We got to see a parent from Zach, Rusty, uh, Liam, um, and Stella. So, I mean, overall, it's a, it's a solid episode. Like you said, um, Nothing that great, that spectacular, just another episode of The Lot House. So, um, any final thoughts? 
Uh, one thing I want to mention, one other joke that just came to me that I thought was pretty funny was uh, where Lincoln's going through things in his head where he's like, you know, what did I do wrong? Was it when I fell asleep when we were watching that movie about string? Or was it when I called Mrs. Johnson mom by mistake? <laughs> yeah. And at later on, one of the, the kids is like, relax, we've all called Mrs. Johnson mom at one point and another, which I thought was funny because I think we've all had a case where we've accidentally called our teacher mom. Yeah. I've definitely done it, I, I've done it. in my years as a, in school. Yeah, I, I've done it too. That was a that was pretty much a, that was one of the funniest jokes of the last week. But um, yeah, the next episode, a pimple plan. Um, so this episode definitely got a lot of um, a lot of hype and uh, attention before it came up um last Saturday because it was another episode with Luann and Benny, and pretty much Luann goes through like the worst thing any teenager can go through when they're in a relationship. She gets a zit. And, um, I know almost literally any, anybody listening to this, and uh, I know Ryan, me, everyone just, you know, getting a zit of a teenager is, like, the worst possible thing. It's, like, it's the worst possible confluence of events, you know, getting a zit when you're probably your self-esteem and self-identity is probably at the lowest. But, um, so she just tries to use all of her sisters, and, um, one thing this episode definitely showed is that this great hive mind that the Loud Sisters and Lincoln have, you know, always looking out for one another. I especially love Lori playing Big Sister in this episode, telling Luann, you know, Lori being the voice to reason that, you know, it's not really that big of a deal, and then if he really likes you, he's not going to care about some stupid zit. So, anyway, Luann being a teenager, tries everything from, like, working out, and, um, also, uh, like, some exotic stuff, a magazine thing, Leafa doing some, like, scientific stuff. Nothing works until they finally go to Miguel, and Lenny is showing how great she is at helping in, uh, random situations. They cover up the zit, everything looks fine. <coughs> Everything looks fine, but then they go to the date, and, um, yeah, just, the date is just a complete mess, and Luann eventually just has to tell Benny that, um, yeah, she's been hiding from him, that, um, she has a zit, and, no, of course, Benny being the great person that he is, he doesn't care. Again, another episode that deals with, um, jumping to conclusions about people without knowing the whole context behind everything. I just think it's, um... Luann was just like this in the first episode that um she was with with Benny jumping to conclusions again because she likes him and doesn't want to mess it up. But um, Benny just seems like the like one of the most wholesome and big-hearted Lighthouse characters. Honestly, I mean I don't see why you can like uh, you can hate or have any negative opinion towards him. It's one of the most um earnest and um full-hearted um relationships in the show. I mean from what I've seen overall, and I really love uh, Benny as a character. Again, like I said, he's um. He's funny, extravagant, he's not just another generic, boring, uh, male counterpart, but, um, Manny has a pretty great personality, and it's pretty interesting seeing Luan go through some teenage phase, you know, first realizing, you know, like, getting into, like, boys, and, uh, like, now trying to, like, um, worrying, uh, worrying about her looks, this is something I expect from a character like, um, uh, a Lenny or a Lori, but, uh, you know, seeing Luan, like, transition into full teenagehood is very interesting, and I wonder if they ever do something like that with Lynn, especially with her getting older, but, uh, Ryan, what were your thoughts about the episode? This was a very cute episode, but it was also a very funny episode, because, 
you know, it's a relatable situation, but this being the lab house and all, they, there were a lot of, you know, amusing, unusual things like that happened, like how bizarrely Luann's problems uh, attempting to shield uh, her zit once she actually goes on the date escalated. You know, first she did uh, put makeup on it, as you said, but uh, she was sweating while she and Benny were pushing the paddle bow and the makeup ended up uh, uh, melting off. So then she decided to dress up as a clown, but then a bunch of children started chasing her, and then she dressed up as a unicorn, and a police horse fell in love with her and started chasing her around the park. I just thought that was pretty funny, the way that escalation occurred, and another thing I liked about this episode was, as you said, it kind of shows that, you know, even Luann is kind of the jokester and such, she always she usually makes light of any situation, even if it involves herself. Um, she she does have her insecurities and yeah. this is another episode along with stage play which shows how she uses Mr. Coconuts as kind of a soundboard. Like, she, like, talks to Mr. Coconuts to, you know, talk out when it, a situation whenever she's nervous. And one funny thing I thought was it seems that other people in Royal Woods are just okay with this and they treat Mr. Coconuts like he's a real person too because uh, after she had her makeup done by Miguel, Mr. Coconuts said, you know, can you do anything about this burn on my forehead? And Miguel didn't even bat an eyebrow. He just, he, you know, he just... He just helped Mr. Coconut. So I, I think it's pretty funny that that the uh, the other people seem to treat Mr. Coconut as a real person too. And of course, as you, you mentioned, Benny is very sweet and he kind of is the same way as Luann because he has his own little marionette that he talks to and this episode ended with a similar gag to the one in stage play where it appears that Mr. Coconuts and Benny's marionette are also falling in love and it's quite possible that they actually do have lives of their own and aren't really being controlled by Luann and Benny but of course that's one of those questions that will never be answered but I just think it's very cute the way that they do make a cute couple, as you said, and they have a lot in common, but this was a very nice spotlight episode, not only for Luann, but it's the entire family as well. The ensemble episodes are always my favorite, and the the siblings are funny when they're arms at each other, and they're angry, and they're fighting with each other, but they're also very sweet, and it can be very funny when they're working together to help each other out, because... You know, all families are like that. They have times where they hate each other, but at the end of the day, they always support each other, and it's always sweet to see the episodes that spotlight that, and this was a very good one of those. Yeah, I definitely agree with um, everything you said. It's great to see a family working um, in a union, you know. Uh, Ryan, have you noticed, has there been less um, fight clubs recently in this season? That's a good question. I don't know, because they use them in clever ways. It doesn't always have to be the louds themselves that are it, because there was one in this episode. The kids were forming a fight cloud because they uh, in the park because they were shoving each other because they were trying to be the first to get to Luann the Clown. It, it depends on how they're used, I think. And uh, in this case, that was a clever way of doing it. Yeah, I was I was just wondering about that, but um, yeah, it looks like um, looks like we're uh, done with the Lados episodes. Any final thoughts about either of these two um episodes? 
think so. Awesome. So now let's get into these uh, Constant Grande's episodes because these episodes are pretty good. And I'll start with the summary of the first one, um, Snack Packed. Um, very interesting turns this episode. Very um, eventful episode. Basically, um, while waiting for um, uh, Abuela to be done uh, cooking dinner, uh, the family just goes outside. They're playing soccer. And Ronnie Ann comes in with uh, Tamale and... Um, she just talks about how great it is. Everyone tells her that um you can't just be eating outside food because Abuela is very, very sensitive about um outside food. And because, you know, she's the main cook of the family. That's like her, her big role in the family. And um they just, um everyone just loves the tamale. And then it just becomes like a an addictive um cycle in which the family has to like find different paths to get the tamale um throughout the day and avoid Abuela's eyes. And um it's kind of like... um. It's, it just reads like a very 90s-ish um, cartoon scene with um, an entire family like working behind the scenes, uh, avoiding one character. Like uh, It's just a very uh, 90s and early 2000s kind of theme uh, cartoon episode. I really like that uh, pacing overall. But then um, the episode takes an amazing turn when um, uh, Sergio just pretty much uh, takes a picture and blackmails um, the entire family into uh, just doing whatever he wants, and that parent, that parent of um, it's uh, for a pet. It is uh, very, very cerebral in its uh, tactics, and um, that was a pretty interesting turn episode. Having being blackmailed by a parrot, and they have to get a bunch of stuff, but eventually they find out that the food truck is Abuela's own. And um, that she made a deal with uh, uh, our tool company to be able to sell tamales in order to get discounted. Um, again, people jump into conclusions seems to be the theme. Uh, I mean, they're not jumping to the conclusion. The episode is pretty reasonable in the fact that they didn't want to hurt her feelings overall. But, um, I mean, it was a very nice ending, you know, that was, those were her tamales. Because it would have been kind of sad if they, like, told her straight to her face that there were better uh, tamales out there than hers. But it was a very... Um, Smart way to like wrap it up by the writers of the show overall. So I definitely thought that was a very clever thing for them to do. And what I really did like in the episode is kind of like the we saw in the last Lados episode is um family just working in union, we're looking out for each other. I mean episodes with a few characters, uh, I really like those a lot. But um these family episodes really give a greater sense of the family overall as a whole, and they also give a great sense of the community that when the family moves around. I mean. What we're seeing throughout the series, the Casa Grande, is them dev definitely dev developing, like, um, the city overall, like, the Mercado, the area around the Mercado, and, like, even that little place they're playing soccer with, that was very, um, intriguing to see overall in this episode, and, yeah, a great episode for Abuela and, um, the family overall, and even Sergio to that matter, so, Ryan, what are your thoughts? fun episode, I agree. It was interesting that, you know, it, it was like most of the best episodes of The Loud House and the Casa Grandes, uh, you know, it's kind of rooted in rea uh, reality, a, re a realistic situation, but then it eventually gradually takes a turn into absurd cartoony territory because we have the entire second half of the episode is about a parrot blackmailing his own family, which was, again, Sergio has a tendency to t steal the show whenever he appears, and this was definitely one of the episodes uh, where he did that. I, I just loved some of his bizarre requests, like, uh, 
like one of them was uh, they're all sitting together watching TV and it appears to be some sort of bird sitcom where just two parrots yell at each other back and forth and of course the parrots uh, the humans don't understand it but Sergio thinks it's the funniest thing so I just think it's funny the implication that there's this whole alternate bird universe that only Sergio knows about but this was a really interesting episode because as you said of the whole plot and everything and also the setup i think this is one of the episodes where we really see that uh when she really puts her mind to it lincoln can be very much like ronnie ann when it comes to you know coming up with an entire plan to distract someone and get her entire family involved because uh when ronnie ann you know had that whole diagram of this stuff like oh you know this is what a boy is going to be at the hardware store so this is probably the best time for us to go try to get the food truck and it, it seemed a lot like something that um lincoln would do in a similar situation and it it was also funny seeing the family work together you know and uh in the covert operation which is again something that reminds me of a lot like uh lincoln would do because he and clyde are always talking to each other on walkie talkies when they're pulling off plans but in this case ronnie ann had walkie talkies for her entire family and there were some funny bits there like i I like the whole thing where they had code names which is again something that you know lincoln gives uh clyde and himself and they they all had something to do uh with uh their roles in the family like hector's was mercado man and carlota's was a fashion plate and then carl's like ninja hurricane shark and everyone's like hey you're only supposed to have one code name i thought (laughs) that was pretty funny but this was a really fun episode for exactly those reasons uh we talked you mentioned yeah i mean um not much to add of, um... So, Ryan, I'm gonna put you into the shoes of the Casa Grande family members, are the ones excluding Abuela. How would you, um... Let's say in this episode that the tamale truck wasn't hers, how would you tell her about the news, or would you choose not to tell her? That's a really good question, because, you know, I'm not really part of a large family... Uh, it's just me and my parents, but I think if I was in a situation like that, I would probably tell the truth. I would probably say something, you know, like, I went to this tamale truck a couple days ago, and I found this tamale that I really thought was better than yours, but I'm sorry, you know, if you don't, if you want me to stop, I won't eat them anymore. It's because I was hungry, and, you, you know, we didn't want to wait, I didn't want to wait for dinner, which was foolish of me so yeah but i I, one of those situations where it would actually have to happen to you because i I, you know you can kind of role play and emphasize you know theorize what would you do if this situation happened to do but to you but i think it's really difficult unless it actually to you yeah not much you could say i just wanted to hear your um what your uh, game plan would be on that one but um ryan the next episode was um a very, very intriguing episode, Destino. The episode is called The Horoscope. Ryan, why don't you give us a summary? Okay, this was a very interesting episode. I know a lot of people were looking forward to this one, and I really didn't know what to expect, but I think the outcome was uh, a very sweet one and a very interesting one, um, because this episode has something that a lot of been 
people have been waiting for uh, since the show was first announced, which is uh, Lincoln Lab making his first appearance on the Casa Grandes itself. But uh, as with everything, we have to start with the beginning, and we have to start with Ronnie Ann, who is in the living room with her abuela, and they are watching an astrologer named Ernesto Estrellas on television, who is giving a prediction for uh, Ronnie Ann's sign. And she, you know, she, uh, he says that, you know, if you're one of the fire signs, you're going to find love sometime today. And, you know, Ronnie Ann just brushes it off because, you know, she's like, you know, none of those, you know, none of those predictions are true or not. But, you know, Rose is like, you can never be so sure. I've, I've trusted this man all these years. And, you know, he predicted that I'd have two children, uh, a, a beautiful house and a, and a nice husband and then all of a sudden Hector comes into the room he's scratching his butt and he's like are you watching this junk again and Rose is like well two out of three ain't bad so uh Ronnie gets uh immediately gets a phone call from Lincoln uh who says that his mother had something to do uh, in in the city that day, so he decided to tag along because it would be an opportunity to visit Ronnie Ann. And you know, Ronnie Ann immediately gets nervous because uh, she's like, you know, they said that they're going to that I'm going to find love today. Does that mean that? Does that mean that um, Lincoln is going to confess that he loves me? I mean. And, you know, she gets nervous, so she, she tries to distract, um, she tries to distract Lincoln as much as possible by, uh, by having him in public and, uh, with other people, but, uh, eventually what happens is that, um, uh, Abuela suggests that they go to a, a pizza place, uh, for lunch, and it turns out it's the exact same pizza place where Hector first proposed to, uh, Rosa, which makes Ronnie Ann even more nervous, so she decides to have Sid, Sid come along, because it's not going to be a date that way, it's just going to be three people having pizza, but it turns out that Sid is looking for a bird that she lost, uh, earlier that day, and she isn't able to come, which, uh, disappoints Ronnie Ann, because, uh, the pizza place ends up being really romantic uh, everything goes wrong for Ronnie Ann and eventually what happens is that uh, Lincoln ends up co uh, visiting the apartment he's in a really nice tuxedo and he's like you know this is something that my you know this is something that I think your entire family should see and Ronnie Ann gets incredibly nervous because you know he's in this really nice suit he gets down on one knee and he pulls out a ring so Ronnie Ann thinks he's going to propose to him but it turns out that he was actually practicing a magic trick for the magic show that he was having and he wanted Ronnie Ann's opinion on it so Ronnie Ann is incredibly relieved that you know Lincoln uh, wasn't going to say anything about you know I love you or anything and, um, and they realize that both of them realize that it's the right thing for them to be friends uh, for the time being so uh, Lincoln goes back home and Ronnie Ann says you know that prediction that prediction wasn't true. I didn't find love today. And all of a sudden, the little bird that Sid was looking for uh, comes into the room. 
and uh, Sid points out, oh, you found the bird I lost. And then Ronnie Ann realizes she actually did find love. The prediction was true, just not the way she expected it to. I thought this was a really cute episode, and it was a nice way to uh, kind of sum up where Ronnie Ann and Lincoln's relationship is now, because um, uh, it's, I don't think it's right for them to think. Uh, the staff has kind of said the same thing. Uh, uh, Miguel Puga himself once said, uh, they're too young to be tied down right now. And it also reminds me of uh, a very funny quote from a couple weeks ago. I mentioned uh, the comic strip Nancy by Olivia James. She, she had a very funny quote about the same thing. She said something like, you know, there are people out there who write me letters asking when Nancy and Sluggo are going to get married. They're eight years old. And that's kind of the same thing about people who want to see uh, Lincoln and Ronnie Ann have a relationship right now. I think they're both too young. I, I think they're, they're obviously very good friends, and they obviously care for each other dearly. But I think it's too early for them to really start dating and having a relationship. But I love the fact that they remain good friends. And this episode was a really interesting way of covering that topic and there were a lot of funny bits in the episode too which are like one of the the funniest bits to me was something like where um uh ronnie ann is imagining uh ernesto estrella saying something you know about how the prediction is coming true and then she imagines abuela saying oh there's this nice pizza place in town and she uh you know she just tries to sweep the thought cloud away but it turns out that abuela wasn't part of her dream she's actually there and she's like ow mio i just thought that was very funny i li i like jokes like that where they poke fun at you know like tropes like a uh, thought cloud or something not actually be a thought cloud and another joke i liked was the where uh uh ronnie ann was at the pizza place and Vito was at, at a table was asking him to do something and he took it the wrong way and all of a sudden he and his two dogs get angry and he's like how much do you know and ronnie ann's like you know i, I can never deal with the guy guy it's always how much do you know with him and uh some other things i want to point out about this episode uh before turning it over to you is uh two things about the um, character of Ernesto Estrellas. As most of you probably know, he was uh, guest voiced by uh, George Lopez, who is another very famous you know, comedian who used to have his own sitcom on ABC. And the other interesting thing was that that character was inspired by a real person named Walter Mercado, who was a... Um, a astrologist from Puerto Rico who would give... Um, who would give, you know... Uh, horoscope predictions in Spanish while dressed up in, you know, fancy clothes, just as Ernesto Estrellas does. And, um, and uh, Lalo Alcaraz pointed out an interesting thing, uh, an example of how, just as the episode points out, the universe works in mysterious ways. You know, it takes nine months uh, to make an uh, episode of a cartoon, so there was no way that they would be able to, to realize this in advance. But 
But by strange coincidence, uh, Walter Mercado ended up dying the week before the episode aired. So the tribute that he and Miguel Puga, who were both fans of his, put in the episode ended up being a posthumous one. And a lot of people who were familiar with Walter Mercado understood the fact that it was pure coincidence that this tribute ended up being a tribute to a man who had just died rather than a, a tribute to a, a Hispanic icon that they uh, that they enjoyed as they originally intended to but every i think a lot of people understood that but they also thought it was nice that they were giving him a tribute even though it wasn't originally meant to be a posthumous one so what yeah. do you have to say yeah that was a very um interesting uh, thing that happened um him being such a big icon in the hispanic latin america community and the episode appearing just um Pretty much a week after um, his passing away, that um, it's just crazy how things fall into play in the world. But um, going into the episode, it's just pretty much um, everything you could hope for if you're Iranian and uh, Lincoln ship some of ships, both of them. I mean, the scene with Lincoln like getting on the knee and proposing Iranian that was just completely crazy. And also, all of the hints of Lincoln, like, pretending like he um, likes Ronnie Ann, like, him bringing back Rochelle from all the way back, and I'm shell-shocked, that was pretty incredible, and then him even changing his um, outfit in the restaurant, talking about his friend who wants to talk to this long-distance uh, girl, I mean, he was really laying it on on the signs, and, um, it's pretty interesting for them to, um, uh, bring back, um, that, um, like, supposed, uh, uh, love interest between them, you know, it's something that hasn't really been touched, it's been more elaborate, elaborated that there are friends, even though they, uh, literally, uh, kissed and saved the day, and then, um, I guess that just isn't in the context of the show anymore, and then, um, if, uh, the first episode that Ronnie Ann, quote-unquote, appeared in Heavy Metal is supposed to be her, actually, and, um, she actually, like, um, kind of liked him in an episode, I guess, it's, it's just pretty weird to know what the timeline truly is between Lincoln and Ronnie Ann overall. That's something that'd be pretty great to get clarity on. But overall, an amazing episode. Best Catholic Grande episode. There's so many characters, locations, funny moments, hints, scenes, situations. Overall, I love this episode. It's easily my favorite Catholic Grande episode. But um, Ryan, do you have any... um? knowledge of what the real like context is between Lincoln and Ronnie Ann and like what episodes really fall in line and which ones don't that's a good question I have no what I know is that Ronnie Ann and Lincoln's relationship has evolved since when they first met and it's going to continue to evolve and you know um again uh, again, we kind of have to take like a astrological prediction like this and say, you know, we can't foretell the future. I mean, the only people who know the future are the people who, who work on the show, but it will be really interesting to see how their friendship uh, goes from here because I think Ronnie Ann and Lincoln are adorable as friends uh, when they hang out together, and I love the fact that Sid knows who Lincoln is now, and she's... And she thinks he's a pretty cool guy, too. So hopefully we get to see more of all of them together. Yeah, I can't say uh, any more about this um, amazing episode. Uh, Ryan, do you have a favorite scene about the episode? In the episode? That's a good question. I, again, I thought that whole scene in the pizza place was pretty funny with 
the misunderstanding with Vito, and also Hector being there with his band, and her, uh, her trying to make them sing a song to get her mind off the whole thing, but it turns out to be a song about young love, which only makes the situation worse, but there, there was a lot to like about this episode, so it's hard to pick. Did you have a favorite scene? Yeah, and, um, you know, when you see the pizza scene, um, I guess it's a tie between, um, Lincoln, um, changing his outfit in the, um, in the pizza place, and um, also when he got on the knee and looked like he was about to propose to her, those were easily my two favorite scenes. Um, do you have anything else you want to add about the episode? Uh, not really. I just have a, a little few tidbits of news to wrap up the episode if you're ready for that. Awesome. Let's go to Ryan's Corner. Yes? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm just going to go over these uh, little tidbits of news quickly, and then, uh, you know, you can pick and choose as you do and elaborate them uh, on them. I just want to go through them as quickly as possible because, you know, I don't want to keep us or the listeners on too long, longer than we should. But um, the first interesting piece of news is that today uh, the extended version of the Casa Grande theme song was released on uh, various outlets for uh, to listen to, stream, and download and purchase, such as iTunes, Spotify, and things like that. And, you know, it's already a very catchy theme song, and it's nice to have it as like a single because uh, the song itself is very uh, well produced, uh, which is not surprising because it was written by an actual writer of pop music. And uh, the uh, extended single version has some uh, very nice bits. Like uh, there's a bit in the middle where Isabella's rapping and there are some, there's some nice horns in the background that I had noticed when I first listened to the extended version of the song, uh, which are really nice. Uh, the next little bit of news is an update on something that I touched upon last week, which was the departure of former Loud House storyboard artist uh, Jordan Rosado. Uh, this week she started her new job, which is as a director on uh, DC Superhero Girls over Warner Brothers Animation, which uh, I wish her the best of luck with. It's a very interesting how all of these storyboard artists from the Loud House have, you know, graduated to become directors. Uh, Kyle Marshall was one of the first, and then Miguel Puga became a director, as did uh, Darren McGowan, and now Rosada, even though she's at another studio. So I think it's really cool to see how all of these people who got their story as storyboard artists are moving up to become directors. And one other piece of news is that um, earlier this week, uh, Ari Castleton, along with uh, three other members of the Loud House staff, who were Anna Grace Hill, uh, Colton Davis, and Meg Lemassurier, uh, they did a little AMA slash uh, drawing request uh, on Ari's Instagram story, which was really cool. Um, they, you know, they asked their followers, you know, do you have any questions about the Loud House or do you have any pictures, you want little funny sketches of the Loud House characters you wanted, you want us to draw and um, he actually fulfilled one of my requests which I, I was really flattered by um, Ari has this cute little dog named Gert, whom I, who I'm obsessed with, so I asked 
uh, him to draw a picture of uh, Lenny hugging Gert, and it was it, the picture came out better than I expected it to. But there were a lot of silly pictures too. Like there was one uh, someone asked for of Lily in a robot suit, and another one was uh, Lincoln riding a Pikachu in space. But it was very funny. All the creative like, followers came up with, and also how they drew them. Uh, but they also commented, uh, they answered a few questions people had about what's going to happen on the show in the future, and a couple of those that I thought were intriguing were, uh, they confirmed that uh, both uh, Maggie, uh, the emo girl from a Funny Business, who's uh, kind of become a fan favorite, uh, even though she's only made one appearance so far, will be returning in a future episode, as will uh, Rocky Spokes, Rusty's brother, who Lucy had a crush on in the episode Back in Black. Uh, he also confirmed that in a future episode, um, uh, Lynn is going to is going to chip Lynn and a boy she has a crush on. I don't know if that's going to be Francisco, who we established she has a crush on in Ellis for Love, or if she's going to get a new love interest that we're going to focus more. And the other thing that was confirmed is that a future episode will focus solely on Clyde from his point of view. Ooh. So. Know if it's just going to be about him and his dads and a day of, in his life, or if we'll see Lincoln and the others, but it's solely from Clyde's point of view rather than Lincoln's or someone else's. But that will be interesting to see as well. And the last bit of news I want to point out is that uh, yesterday, I believe it actually it was, um, uh, Netflix and Nickelodeon signed a uh, content development deal where they are going to produce uh, all new animated series and movies uh, exclusively for Netflix. Uh, these are not going to be, uh, they are not going to sell reruns of shows such as Spongebob or The Lajaros or The Casa Grandes to Netflix, but they are going to do uh, completely new series and t uh, movies which are based on some of the pre-existing characters, but they also said they will be introducing new characters and franchises well, uh, nothing is official as of yet, but one anonymous source involved with the deal said to the New York Times that one of the shows that they already have uh, in works for Netflix is a Spongebob spin-off starring Squidward, since he's, he's one of the more interesting characters of the ensemble. That will be interesting to see. And, uh, of course, this expands the partnership that's already giving us uh, the Loud House movie, which is currently in production and will end up either next year or 2021. We still have no idea, but it's still in production. But they're kind of expanding on that uh, business deal because uh, Viacom doesn't really want to go all out with, like, Disney Plus or HBO Max and start their own streaming service. So they're working with an already established brand such as Netflix to kind of, you know, expand their presence in the streaming world. So I thought the, I, these are all kind of unreal stories, but I thought they were all very interesting. Do you have anything you wish to add about any of them? Well, actually, I have a question for you. Um, have you gotten Disney Plus yet? No, I have not, but I plan on. So um, have, what have you heard about it from your point of view? Um, it sounds very interesting, and obviously there are still a few kinks to work out, but, um, you know, I think all streaming services, you know, kind of have, kind of have their, um, kind of have their, 
growing pains, I guess you could say. And there were a lot of outages reported in major areas on the first day, but I don't think anyone's been reporting any of those yet. So it has. Um, so I guess they fixed them. And just some of the complaints people have here and there are some uh, just some kinks uh, in how some of the shows are presented. Uh, some of the um, some of the old uh, TVA series like DuckTales, uh, the 87 DuckTales and stuff like that are being presented in widescreen rather than uh, 4x3 as they were originally produced. And uh, the same goes for the first 20 seasons of The Simpsons. Uh, Disney has said that by next year they will have The Simpsons episodes in their original format, but they haven't said anything about Disney TV cartoons as of yet, so we'll have to see that that, that well, that goes. And the other interesting thing to point out is that there was a thing that kind of turned out to be an internet meme uh, where it turns out that prints that they're using uh, for the original six Star Wars movies are ones that were prepared for a 3D uh, re-release of the films that was supposed to come out in 2012, but only The Phantom Menace ever came out, and then George Lucas sold his company to Disney, so no one outside of Lucasfilm or Disney has ever seen these prints before mm. and there's this whole thing about the original scene of Han Solo shooting Greedo now he says prepare to die in his language but it isn't subtitled so it just it's just him saying McClunky and people were just like you know why isn't the subtitle and why is he saying this why does what does it mean it does have an original an actual explanation but pre when presented out of context like out of context like that it's just baffling and uh, one other thing that uh, I have to uh, one other thing regarding um, the, um, uh, the how the shows are being presented is um, uh, Frank Angonis, the uh, co-showrunner on the new 2017 DuckTales series, commented on the fact that the, sh uh, the episodes of his show are being presented out of order for reasons he can't understand. They aren't in production order either, which is he's kind of disappointed by because um, the DuckTales... The new DuckTales series was intentionally pre created in a certain order because previous episodes lead up to, you know, future ones. There's a continuity. Watch it out of where you may be deprived on some things. But if you follow him on Twitter, he's been pointing out what the correct order is, giving a few facts about each episode, and also saying that he's working alongside Disney Plus to solve the problem, and he hopes that it will be fixed uh, within... Uh, Due time. Wow, that's um, that's a lot of stuff. Uh, going back to the Nickelodeon Netflix thing, um, it's just interesting to see that partnership grow. It's not been a very good time uh, for Netflix and Nickelodeon hasn't been really hitting up that um the streaming side of um the new uh, media and digital age. So um, that uh partnership should be very interesting and the Lighthouse's role in that partnership should be very intriguing to watch but um Ryan why don't you tell everybody where they can find you okay thanks so much for having me on as always uh I'm usually most active on my Twitter where I talk about uh current events pop culture and whatever pops into my mind which as you can probably tell from listening to me on this show is 
pretty much unpredictable, but I'm there at RW Mead. I occasionally post a few random drawings and photos and observations on my Instagram, which is uh, Ryan W. Mead. And I also have a secondary Twitter account, which is devoted solely to the Loud House and the Casa Grandes, at Loud Ramblings, which is a mix about news and updates in the show, as well as the occasional uh, roleplay gag written as one of the Loud or Casa Grande characters. If you have an amusing question for one of them, go ahead and ask them over there, and you're sure to get a hopefully amusing answer in response. Awesome. Thank you for coming on, and thank you guys for listening. Remember to stay loud, and we'll see you guys next time.